Well, joy is your compass. Jesus is your destination. Come on. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Jesus is your destination. Amen, amen. Well, me and my wife always like to count our blessings. And my blessing today is I'm thankful for that extra hour of sleep last night. I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but I am happy that I got an extra hour in of sleep. Well, let's open up in prayer. Father God, we just surrender this time to you and your leading, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would open our ears to hear the sound of your voice and open up our spirits, God, to receive it and to digest it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Um, Oh, we got our declaration. Come on, let's read this together. We got the declaration back there, Tim. All right, let's read this together, guys. The Lord is a firewall around this house, and his glory shall be in our midst. <laughs> hid. Hid the glory should be in our midst. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> well, last summer, um, my beautiful wife, she planned this surprise vacation for us and our two youngest, uh, Marley and Braxton. And we told them probably about, uh, I would say about a month before we were leaving, we told them we were going on vacation. Um, but we didn't tell them where. So they, they knew we were going somewhere, but they just didn't know where, you know. And... Marley's really good with this kind of stuff. You know, Marley don't care. She's like, you know, you're taking me somewhere and you're paying for it. <laughs> like, I'm good with that. Braxton, on the other hand, is a little different. Like, I don't know how many of you guys know my son Braxton, but he, like, this dude is just like, where are we going, Dad, huh? Huh? Where are you taking me? Huh? We're going to California, huh? We're going to the Netherlands? Where are we going? Like, so he's just, he's just like, he won't, he's relentless with it, you know? So he, um, he just kept asking. And just kept asking and kept asking. And, um, you know, I was like, I got sick of him asking me. And so eventually I was just like, all right, dude, listen, I'm going to let you know, but you can't tell Marley. And he was like, all right, that's cool. He's like, I can keep a secret. I can keep a secret. You know me, I can keep a secret, you know. And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, dude, listen, we're going to Idaho. We're going to Idaho. And Braxton was like. <laughs> but he never really wants to let you know that he's like disappointed, or not satisfied with anything. So, so he was like, okay, that's, that's cool. That's cool. I said, yeah, man, I, there's this, I heard there was this factory out there, and uh, it's a potato factory. And they teach you how to um, cut up potatoes and make fr French fries. You know, um, shoestring french fries, wedge fries, uh, potato chips. They actually teach you. I'm on the fly. I'm telling him this. They teach you how to make, you know, potato chips and stuff. And he was like, oh, okay, that's, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's cool. So the date finally came for us to leave. And we went to the airport. And uh, Marley is really, like, attentive. She knows what's going on, you know. So she's paying attention. And, and I heard Braxton tell her, Hey, we're going to Idaho. <laughs> and, and Marley looked over at him, and she looked over at me, and she's like, whatever. You know, so she's listening to it all, and she finally hears the call 
you know, Cleveland to Florida, the boarding call. And she looks at me and she's like, let's go get on this plane. So when we got on the plane, um, Braxton, she finally, you know, let the cat out the bag to Braxton. And, you know, she's like, dude, you haven't been listening? Like, we're going, we're going to Florida, you know. And so we've, uh, Michelle's sister, Pastor Michelle's sister, Tammy, lives there. And so we just told them that we were going to Aunt Tammy's house. And they love Aunt Tammy and Uncle Junior. And so we went over there. Uh, we told them that. And so they were like, cool. So we're going out there for a week to hang out with them. And uh, we got to Florida. We landed. Pastor Michelle called an Uber. Uh, the Uber, uh, she texted the Uber driver and she told him, she's like, please don't, t- don't say anything about where you dropped us off. And he was like, no problem. And so he came, picked us up, took us all the way where we were going. They didn't realize that we were going to Universal Studios until we actually pulled up into Universal Studios. And so it was so awesome, like the look on their faces and the joy that I saw in their face was just awesome, right? And so um, we pulled it off. We pulled it off. We got there, and we had a great week. But we were very intentional leading up to that about not letting them know where we were going. But we knew that it was going to be good. Like we knew it was going to be awesome, right? And we wanted to surprise them, and so it was just it was part of our plan. It was just part of our plan. And Braxton, it worked because Braxton said, you know, this was the best afterwards. This was the best vacation I've ever taken. You know, we had an awesome time at Universal Studios. And so it was just part of our plan. But how many of you know that God has an ultimate plan for you? That he's got an ultimate plan. And you may not know where you're going. You may not know where he's taking you. But man, is it good. Man, is it good. It's not a potato factory. And so today, the title of my message is Part of the Plan. Part of the Plan. Let's go to Mark 11, 1 through 10. And it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered it, you'll find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he'll send it. So they went their way. They went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street. And they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing that colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it, and many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the kingdom of of our father David, that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So the context to this is that Jesus had just told his disciples that he was heading to Jerusalem, where they would condemn him to death. 
They would beat him. They would spit on him. They would flog him. And they would kill him. The disciples encouraged Jesus not to go. But not only did he go, when he got there, he told these two young boys to go into town, to go into the village, go get this donkey, told them what to do, what to say, and also told them what this owner of the donkey would say. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but if, if, if he told me to go, he told me they were just going to flog him, spit on him, mock him, kill him, but you go first. I want you to go first. I don't know. I might have been like, Jesus, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this, Lord? Can't we just all go? Right? Can't we all go in here together? But that's not what these disciples did. That's not what these two young boys did. Without question, they didn't say, Lord, let me pray about it. Let me pray about it, Lord. No, without question, it said they went their way. They went their way. They got that donkey, and the owner responded exactly the way Jesus said he would. Now, this story can seem insignificant in the light of what Jesus had just told him what would happen in the previous chapter, and then what did happen in the chapters afterwards. It could really seem insignificant. But these two disciples and the owner of this donkey all had a part to play. They all had a part to play in God's redemption, no matter how small the role. And what, what God showed me when I was reading this story was that there are no small roles in the kingdom of God. Right? There are no small roles in the kingdom of God. And as we live for Jesus, he's just going gonna to ask you. He's going to ask you to do stuff. He's going to ask you to do things. He's going to ask you to talk to some people about him. Right? He's going to ask you to, I don't know, step out in faith, like, I don't know, just seemingly insignificant steps of faith financially. I don't know. It could be tithing. It could have been today. It could be someone that you run into who is in need of something. Right? He's going to ask you to do these little things. I feel like God is always asking Pastor Michelle to give somebody a gift card. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How much did he say? But he's always going to be asking you to do things. Right? We went to Myrtle Beach a couple years ago. And uh, before we left, we, we both shared with each other that God wanted us to, to give away $100. To give away $100. And so we set the $100 aside. And as we were there throughout the week, you know, it was almost, it became this game like, we were sitting having breakfast, and she said, God told me to pay for that lady's breakfast. I said, he told me to. And so we paid for his breakfast, for her breakfast. We, walked, we went through Starbucks, and, and the girl was just so polite and so, like, gentle, you know, that I looked over at her, and she looked at me, and she said, <laughs> and we gave her $20. We were just being obedient. 
But before we left, we got to one of those, what is it, a timeshare thing? And we got to sit in one of those. Well, God gave us $200 before we left. We were just being obedient. He's going to ask you to do acts of service or any act that's going to set you, put you outside of your comfort zone. Trust and believe it ain't going to be comfortable. He's going to take you outside of your, comfortable, your comfort zone. And he's going to place you in places, he's going to put you in places that you feel unqualified. That you feel unqualified, really. Right? Um, I mean, that's where he works. That's where he works the best. That's where he works the best. Right in our weaknesses. And we can't do nothing but believe in him, that he did it. One of Jesus' earliest disciples and, and somewhat anonymous is Andrew. Look, y'all, some of y'all right now, like, who? Andrew. Now, Andrew lived in the shadow of his brother, Peter. Even though he was the one that actually brought Peter to Jesus. It says in John 1, 40 through 42, it says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He's often described as Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Now if I'm Andrew, I might be thinking to myself, I'm the one that brought him to you, Jesus. What about me? What about me? Don't you want to rename me something cool? Right? Andrew was the first apostle Jesus called and the first apostle he claimed uh, that claimed Jesus was the Messiah. Yet Andrew is only mentioned 12 times in the entire New Testament. And four of those are just the list of apostles. But God's got a plan. God's got a plan for you. One day Jesus went up on a mountain with his disciples. And when he went up there, the Bible says that he looked back and he saw a multitude of people coming toward him. And he says he looked over at Philip and asked him if they could buy enough bread to feed these people. But Philip, Philip said, Lord, we don't have enough money to buy enough bread to feed all of these people. But in John 6, 8 through 9, it says, one of his disciples, Andrew, son of Peter's brother, I'm sorry, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Now, while the other disciples pretty much told Jesus, we don't have any food, we don't have enough, we need to send these people home. In the other Gospels, they wanted to send them home, right? Because let them tell it, there was no food. Andrew, Andrew said, there, there's some. I, I don't know, Jesus. There, there's some. 
I mean, I've seen you do what no man can do. And it might be silly, but there's some. What can you do with that? What can you do with this, Jesus? See, the Bible says that our faith just needs to be the size of a mustard seed. Andrew said there's some. There was 5,000 people. But I've witnessed you perform miracles. What can you do with this? You see, only we can limit what God does in our lives when we start assuming we know what's possible and what's not possible. The moment we begin to live in awe and wonder and start believing that he is who he says that he is and that he can do what he says that he can do, that's the moment we begin to align ourselves with his plan. With his plan. Now, we've all, we've all already asked God, what's your plan for my life, right? And that's not, that's not a bad question, what's your plan for my life? But a better question would be, God, how can I join you in your plan? How can I join you in your plan? God can do all things, but Jesus is saying, I want to do it through you. I want to use you. They said there was no food. No food. Andrew said, there's some. There's some. What are you doing today, Jesus? There's some over here. I just want to be part of what you're doing. That's all. There's some. And so I ask you today, church, what does your faith look like? Is there some? Is there some? Come on, look at the person next to you. Say, I got some. I got some. As anonymous as Andrew may seem, he was significant in one of the greatest miracles ever recorded. Ever recorded. So significant, it was one of the only miracles recorded in all four Gospels other than the resurrection of Jesus. He said, there's some. He was part of the plan. You see, God will open up windows of heaven over your life, but you got to align yourself with his plan, not yours, with his plan. I know we think we're that important, but we ain't that important. So how do we align ourselves with God's plan? I just want to share with you three ways that we can align ourselves with God's plan. First is we got we to gotta let go of distractions. We got to let go of distractions. It is so easy for us to get distracted today. Right? I feel like, like if that was any one of us today... And Jesus told you, I need you to go over to Willoughby and go into town and get me that cult because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over there. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna dog me, man. They're going to beat me. They're going to kill me. But I need you to go over to Willoughby and get that donkey. I feel like most of us, 
might have just asked him, well, can, can I pray about it? Oh, I don't have to pray about it because I'll be talking to you, huh? And you're just going to tell me to go anyway. You just told me to go. But say we did go. I really believe that most of us, including myself, I'm not, just, I'm not taking myself out of this equation, would probably get halfway to Willoughby before we did this. <laughs> Cats are funny and dogs are dumb. Where are you going, Cephas? Oh, oh, you know, I got it. We get so distracted. We get so distracted. But how many of you know that he will send somebody else? He'll send somebody else. The gospel is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. It's like a freight train. And if you ain't sitting at the station ready to play your part, I'm telling you, somebody else will just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Choose me. I'll go. We got to take this thing off of our face. God is talking every day, and instead of us revering him, we're so busy tick-tocking that blessings are being delayed, and a generation is suffering because of it. And I, like I said, I ain't pointing fingers, no condemnation. I get stuck on reels like nobody's business at night. You give me a couple Kobe and, and, and Steph Curry videos, and I, it's... it's I'm, I'm stuck for a couple hours. But what I've learned is it's so hard to hear from the Lord when I'm watching reels. When I'm looking at reels, I can't hear from God. And we got to be careful. We got to be careful because while we're flipping through reels, you don't know what's coming next. You have no idea what's coming next. One moment I'm looking at basketball, the next moment I'm looking at a big booty and a smile. Can I be real in here? Men, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. This thing will tear your family apart. The enemy's hitting on you all day long. He's hitting on you all day long, and he knows exactly what you like. We have to persistently train ourselves to refuse his advances, to refuse them all day long. The moment you let your guard down, you're done for that day. He's waiting for you to do it. He's waiting for it. He prowls around like a lion looking for somebody to devour. But you are of God. You are of God. And as long as you put his word on your hearts and habitually walk in the spirit, the devil has to flee. He's got to flee. 
we got to be willing to set aside everything that's offered to us in this world because it tickles our fancies. Right? And be determined to hear and obey the sound of heaven in order to take place in his great plan. Amen? The second way to align ourselves with his plan is we have to allow Holy Spirit to lead us. You got to allow Holy Spirit to lead you. Last year, I was at my daughter's um, volleyball game, and about a quarter of the way into the first match, they put number 10 in. And number 10 is, is she's an average player. You know, she uh, didn't really play much in most of the games that I attended before. Um, but on this night, it was a different night. Like she was in beast mode this night. Right? This girl is like diving all over the court, grabbing every ball she could. She's like perfect sets to her, to her teammates. I mean, great serves. She was just on fire. She's having a flawless night. But about halfway into that match, she began to, like she was doing things, and then she would look right up in the stands and look at me. And I was like, She would do something else. She'd look right up at me, and she, she'd nod, and I was like. <laughs> and she'd go do something. Else. Boom, boom, boom. She'd go at it, and she'd turn around and look at me. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? This is weird. But it was probably around the, the, the halfway mark of the second match, she did something, and she, and she looked up at me. And by this time, me and her, we're in sync. I'm in sync. I'm like, let's go, number 10. I see you out here. Let's go. And she's looking right at me. And right at that time, I heard a voice right behind me that said, I see you, girl. Oh, she looks, she looks just like him. <laughs> it was her dad. Her dad was right behind me the entire time, silently rooting her on and leading her in this charge. And I thought to myself, it was, I was relieved because I was like, oh, okay, this is, all right, cool, cool. It's, it's your dad, it's not me. I mean, thank you because I got my own daughter to root out here for, and this is getting weird. This is getting weird. <laughs> but like number 10, we need to be looking up at our daddy. We need to be looking up at our daddy, man, because he is rooting on us, he's rooting us on and just trying to lead us in this victorious plan that he has for us. Amen? And as his kids, we, he's offering us the privilege of being led by his spirit. When we allow Holy Spirit to lead us, we can expect to be given wisdom each and every day for our decisions. Our ability to tap into our calling gets a lot easier when our decisions are based on Holy Spirit's guidance. We got to get ourselves in a place with Him where we, don't, where we actually don't make a move. Don't make a move without looking up at your daddy, without looking at your father. Only He knows best. Amen? Amen. 
All right, number three, aligning ourselves with his plan is trust God's judgment. Trust his judgment. I had no idea today we would look like this. No idea. Pastor Michelle and I just, Pastor Troy gave me, he told me what God told him. He was obedient. And we had no idea that you would look as beautiful as you do today. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You got to trust him. You got to walk up the mountain with your arms wide open. You got to trust him. I know you want to hold on to the wheel, but you got to get out of the driver's seat and you got to get in the back seat. You got to get out of the driver's seat and you need to get in the trunk. Because even in the back seat, you sitting here trying to tell them which, take a right. Take a right right here. I know, I know where I'm going, Lord. Easter of 2021, I was scheduled to do kids' church here. At that time, I was the assistant children's pastor uh, alongside Pastor Rebecca. It was an honor. Um, and that, our daughter, Trisha, at that time, she was actually, she was working at another church. She was trying to attend CNC as much as she could, you know, but she was working at another church, um, but and she just knows her calling. She just, she just knows her calling. And that Sunday, Easter Sunday, she happened to be off. It was 2021. Things were still kind of weird, you know, um, and even though she had the day off, she ended up texting me the day before, and she asked me, she said, hey, do you want me to come out to Wycliffe and help you do kids' church? And my initial response, I looked at the text, and I was just like, selfishly, no, I don't want you to come help me because you're super awesome with kids, and they're going to like you a lot more than they like me when you come out there. So, no. <laughs> I'm petty, y'all, in case you don't know. But the Lord told me, I want, her, I want her out there. I want her out there. And so I sent her a text back. I said, yes. You know, it's, it's such a privilege to do ministry with my family. And so I told her, I said, yeah, come on out. And so she came out, and we began kids' church. And I was just, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Because of the way that she was just genuinely loving our kids. Like she's down at the tables and she's all in the Play-Doh and, and everything that she was doing, she was just genuinely loving each kid that she came in contact with. And this has only happened to me a couple times. You know in the movies when everything gets dark and there's a light shining on one person? That happened to me. It's only happened to me three other times, or two other times. This was the third time that it happened to me. And I was standing there, and, and he just showed, he showed me her. 
And I was like, man. And then I heard the Lord say, she's the one. And I was like, yeah, Lord, she's the one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Turn the lights back up. Turn the lights back up. That's my job. That's my job. What do you mean she's the one? He said, yeah, it's your job, but it's her desire. It's her desire. I'm here to tell you tonight, guys, that he knows your heart. He knows your heart. And if he'll give you the desires of your heart, if you would just align it with his will and his desires. What made her even ask me that day? What made her even ask me to? She had the day off. She could have took the day off. But she asked me if she could come all the way out here to Wycliffe. She lives in North Ridgeville like us. To come out here and do kids' church. It's because she's following what God placed on her heart. And she trusted his judgment. And he put her in the right place at the right time. In the right moment. And it was in that moment that I realized what I needed to do. I didn't know what was going to happen with me. I didn't know what was going to become of me. But I knew what I needed to do. I needed to trust his judgment as well. And so the next week, I went and talked to Pastor Troy. And I told him, I said, man, I think God showed me our children's pastor. And even he was looking at me like, really? Because I didn't know what was going to happen. But today, here we are. I'm standing here. She's the children's pastor. And we're just blessed to have her working with our kids. I watch her week in and week out working on the, uh, the itinerary and she doesn't, this isn't just a, 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 it's not babysitting to her. It's not just a job to her. Like she understands the lives that are hanging in the balance here with our kids. She does whatever she needs to do to bring our children as close to Jesus as possible to build a relationship with Jesus and to trust him and to understand that they as well have a part in his plan. Only God knows what's best for us. We don't even know what's best for us. My request every day is save me from me, Lord. Save me from myself. Trusting God should be the first stepping stone in our faith journey. He's the one that had a plan for us before we ever were born, and his plan will always be greater and more beautiful than any of our disappointments. Amen? Amen. 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 Stand with me as I close, guys. On our uh, free time, my wife, she... Uh, she loves to put together these Disney 1,000-piece puzzles. And there was a season where 
she was working on a, uh, a Dumbo, a Dumbo puzzle. And she worked on the puzzle and it wasn't until the end of that puzzle that she realized that there was one piece missing. There was one piece missing. And even though that piece is just a tiny portion of the entire picture, its absence leaves a very, very noticeable flaw in the whole picture. That's the same. The same is true in God's kingdom. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, in a, in a physical building, a missing brick leaves a hole in the wall. God doesn't need us like that wall needs a brick. But he does want to use us as part of his plan. The creator of the universe, the one who hung the stars upon nothing, wants to use you. Wants to use you. we start to allow him to use us in his plan, his story, it doesn't just benefit us or benefit others, but it glorifies him. That's what we're here for, to glorify his name. There's so much more in our stories that we just, we can't even see. We have no idea. But God's plan is like this mighty river flowing from creation to today and he's just redeeming mankind along the way and we get the privilege of jumping in that river and playing our part every single day he gives us the opportunity to dive in be a part of his plan So I encourage you this week, family, dive in. Dive in. Ask him how you can play a part in his plan this week. If you've never asked him how you could play a part, or maybe you've just been chilling on the bank for a while, you want to dive back in. It's easy. It's easy. Come on, church. Let's bow our heads and everybody just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Transform me. Make me brand new. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. I declare from this day on that I'll live for you. just want to live for you. Father, this week, I pray that 
you would use us as part of your mighty plan, God. We're thankful that, that there are no small roles in your kingdom, Lord. That you love us so much that you want to use us in this world to make a difference. That you want to use us. We give you our hearts today, Lord. Help us to be less distracted this week, Father, and to just set our eyes on you. Set our gaze on you, Jesus. Open our ears to hear the sound of heaven this week as we just allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. We trust you today, Jesus. You know our hearts, and you know what's best for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys, if you need prayer, we have some of our pastors and altar ministers come up here and pray for you. I want to thank all of you guys for being here today. We look forward, we look forward to seeing you all, plus your friends, next week. You guys look beautiful today. We look forward to seeing you next week. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Amen?